I'm ready to do some parting. I'm ready to do some parting. And some parting. It sounds like parting. Portuguese. <laughs> I know. I like the sticky notes. Yeah. It's nice addition. It is. It's something so simple. Like, oh, we don't need to use coffees and water bottles to mark our spot. We can use sticky notes. We're moving up. Perseverance, man. Perseverance. You ready? No. No. God damn it. Welcome to another episode of AA for Entrepreneurs. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam, and we are excited to talk about perseverance today. But first of all, we just want to say thank you to our listeners, watchers, subscribers, friends of the podcast. Y'all are amazing. We're seeing increasing numbers every week, as always. Just shot an amazing podcast with Chris and Rhiannon from PNR Strategies. You guys will see that end of next month. Next, yeah, yes, that's that's a super good one. That was probably the most fun I've ever had podcasting. So that's actually becoming a reoccurring thing. It's just like these are turning into like super fun events. I told Courtney that I was like, these podcasts, like Andy and I have just been so goofy lately, like, because I played her the last one, because I was like, oh, check out the audio, and like, the first, we just start cracking jokes, like, immediately. <laughs> she, yeah, she's right. She's like, looking at me, like, yeah, we've just been having fun lately, like, it just, we go there, and we're like, what are we going to talk about? Cool, let's talk about it, yeah, you know? <laughs> done. Let's, let's shoot. So, oh, yeah, right. so a huge thanks to you guys again, and we're, we're serious about this, because without you, if you guys weren't watching, then... It would, it would really be sad because we would just be recording for nobody. <laughs> it would just be like being stored on some file on a computer. That's nothing. I would, That's I no would say, hey, mom, dad, but they're not watching. <laughs> no, definitely not. You guys <laughs> are, though, so thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, so as I don't even know, I can't remember if you mentioned this, but this whole episode is going to be about perseverance. Mm-hmm. Before we get into perseverance, one more thought. And this kind of has to go along with, with perseverance. Uh, we, Andy and I, are going to be doing this style podcast with just him and I for this week and then two more weeks after this. And then Andrew goes uh, on Denali. He'll be on the mountain then. And we have some interviews planned to release then. So there's a little bit of a lapse in weekly releases as possible. Yeah, so I'll be on the, I've mentioned it before, but I'll be on the mountain for three weeks. So in that time, it's just going to be dead air on the end of me. But we're going to do, we're going to do some things. We're layering and we're going to be uh, posting. Well, Adam will be posting while I'm in ice. <laughs> well, he's walking 0.1 mile per hour. <laughs> yeah, so slow. So, so painfully slow. You know what it takes. Perseverance. Fucking perseverance. That's right. Every, <laughs> every goddamn step. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's like, uh, this is what climbing a mountain's like. <sighs> step. <sighs> step. For hours. Days. <laughs> weeks. Yeah, hours and hours. Every single day. It's pretty much that. And there's no way, like every time, you need, to, you need to set yourself goals. I know there's a, there's a guy named, I think, David Goggins. I might have his first name wrong, but his last name is Goggins, and he's a, uh, an ultra-marathoner. He's just like a Navy SEAL. He crushes it. And he's, he's once said that once you get to the point where you want to quit, your body physically still has 60% 
more energy to give. And it's the same thing with business. It's the same thing with mountaineering, running long distances. When you get that, that thought, like, I want to quit, don't, don't, because you've got so much more left. And maybe, like he was talking about people that would try to be a Navy SEAL, and they would, they would ring the bell when you quit. You go up to a bell and you ring it three times. That means you're out of the program. And he said, I've, I saw people ring the bell, and they were probably thinking about quitting days ago. And then they finally, they just broke. But the thing is, if you don't break, you never give up. That's so true. You just have to keep pushing through all the hardships of life, entrepreneurship, having a job. You know, like those are those are struggles you gotta push through every day, man. Every single day. And um, that's definitely something we've had to persevere through in this whole hemp endeavor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're facing a huge, huge obstacle right now. Seeds, man. Oh my goodness. I I was not predicting that seeds would be the big problem point of now. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting as soon as we got the license, seeds would be readily available and they're just not. Yeah. A lot of places are actually selling out. We got lucky and, and hooked up with a farmer that ordered like thirty thousand of them and he's like, sure, come buy a couple hundred. I won't even mark them up. <laughs> We're like, yeah. Yes, dude. El thank Savior. You. Literally and Oh, man, it's it's very frustrating to not have plants in the ground end of April, or not plants started in the end of April, you know? So now we're two months behind, but we're still just figuring out ways to get past that to try to get as much off of these plants as possible. So, you know, we might have to do a little more work training and tying down the plants and stuff like that. But I think overall we'll be pretty good. You know? Yeah, I mean, we are, we're late for being early. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's plenty of growing season left. Technically, if we were nature, the, the plants wouldn't, the seeds wouldn't even have sprouted yet. So yeah. it's not like we're late, late, just not early. Yeah, we're not uh, human early. You know, like a lot of people will grow plants that are three, four feet tall, which was our plan, and put them outside then so that way you get these... 15, 20-foot monsters. <laughs> right. And uh, next year we'll be able to do that better because, you know, reapplying takes less time than applying. Yep. So, you know, next year we're good for that. But this year we're just going to focus on our, our growing techniques and mastering that. So then next year we're just going to be even more ahead of the competition. <laughs> yeah. Another option that we were going to go with is uh, to buy hemp clones. And if we were to buy clones, that would kind of save us a couple of weeks because they don't... The, the plants would already be, I mean, anywhere from this big. So that would save us a few weeks. It's not like starting a seed early, but there's, there's like ups and downs to cloning as far as uh, cloning and, and germinating your own seed, genetically speaking. Yeah, like you, you and I agree with this, uh, are really um, finding it important to focus on our genetics and keeping our lineage over you know a span of time to be able to create the most consistent product and that's what we want to do right with clones you're getting a tray full of the same exact dna on a plant because it was cloned off of a mother you know like so with seeds you vary with the genetics in it and we could pick out the strong ones but with clones it's like okay you took it from the top instead of the middle instead of the bottom like that's really like the only difference <laughs> yeah the, i mean the plus side to that though is that we know that the product that we're going to get is going to be 
across the board the same. I mean, there might be slight, True. slight variation, but overall, you're not gonna be able to tell the difference. And so that is a plus. And we know that this strain does work. Yep. But again, it's, it's, a, it's like a seesaw where pluses and uh, minuses. So if, or do we decide we're, we're still gonna get uh, clones even if it's May 27th? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that means we finally have our strains nailed down we're growing Midwest strain and we're growing BAOX. I don't know much about them yet. We'll get back to you on those. If you guys know anything about them, please educate us on them. Um, but at least we know our strains now. Yeah, so that is, that's exciting. We're gonna get the seeds tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, by Friday, the latest. Absolutely. And, and we're gonna, we should actually just kind of mention now, I don't know when this is gonna be out. So Friday is gonna be the 32nd the video's gonna be out the 33rd, right? The third and the second? The third? Well, today's April 3rd. Oh yeah, the 33rd. This is when <laughs> I was like, the, the video is gonna be out the 30 sec 37th of April. <laughs> <laughs> so this, nonetheless, this upcoming Saturday, the video's gonna be released and we're gonna be doing um, almost Snapchat, Instagram, we're gonna be sharing and yep. documenting the entire process yep. from seed germination to all harvest yep. all the way through and then eventually processing too. Yes, documentation for us is so important. We really wanna just educate through our whole process and that's where we're gonna have more value again than the competition. Our perseverance through all this free work that we're doing and promoting people and you know now we're gonna be documenting and giving more value for free. Cool. Yeah. Just keep doing it till you right. know it's we we could have a week ago been like ah oh, we mi we missed our deadline uh, we didn't get seeds in the ground uh, by March so we can give up yep. no we're not gonna give up we're gonna keep know. going until I mean I would in a month from now in two months from now I would still be trying to get seeds I wouldn't give it up altogether I would just just see what we got never give up just keep going when's the last time other than the the seed fiasco that you've had to just like, let's go. I've got to, I don't have a choice. You keep going. Every day, <laughs> literally every day is like, I wake up and I remind myself, like I have to keep going, you know? Specific events though, I would say uh, a lot of it goes back to growing. You know, with growing cannabis, there comes a lot, a lot, a lot of hardships and complications that if you don't catch it, right away, it becomes something that takes weeks and months and maybe not even be able to get rid of, right? So like, for instance, I got spider mites. <sighs> spider mites are the worst, literally the worst thing you can get for cannabis, like above powdery mildew, above thrips, above anything, because it's just like, it's like a mixture between like a flea and a cockroach. Like it just never dies. If there's one of them alive, they can multiply themselves and fucking create more. It's like a fungal infection. Yes, it's literally just in within days, your whole crop is taken over. And that happened to me. And I had to kill off crops at both of my locations and leave them with no plants for a month. No plants being grown, everything's sitting there. I'm still paying for my space. Meanwhile, I just have nothing going because I have to kill these spider mites, right? Could have quit. I definitely could have quit, done something else. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just keep going. I'm going to grow a couple more 
you know, rotations on here. After I got everything clean, got it going, and I started like really getting into my vibe with growing cannabis. You know, I, I figured out because um, the state, most states put limitations on growing cannabis, even when it's, you know, legal. Like Massachusetts, you can only grow up to 12 plants. And for a lot of people, they look at that like, how the hell am I gonna have enough medicine to provide myself for, you know, a four month period because that's how long it takes to grow for most people with just 12 plants. And I figured out my way was to have two different cycles going, right? So I had three plants uh, in veg, three plants in harvest, and two of those cycles for a total of 12 plants. In the beginning, it takes a little while to get through it. You just gotta persevere through it because your first run is gonna probably be decent sized plants and you're gonna get pretty good weight on it. Your second run is gonna be oversized plants and then you're gonna have to cut down to put in the room and get a bunch of weight off it. And then it's just gonna be like pretty consistent along the way because you're gonna have a, a pattern of like, you're cloning and then you're putting into veg and flower and you have a constant cycle and then you're harvesting, you know? So and if you really wanna mix it up, you could put different strains into, into that, that flower, finished flowering at certain times, you know? And for me, persevering through all of that has led to this. Like if I would've just quit growing back then, maybe I wouldn't have been so intrigued by the hemp farm, the bill passing, you know? But because I persevered through it and I still was growing and just thinking back on like, hmm, I could have given up, just means everything. It becomes a way of life, Literally. really. Like with anything that you do, if you start reading a book, finish it. Don't quit. If you've got a goal, you want to lose 10 pounds, lose 10 pounds. Don't don't quit. It's the same thing with everything. If you make that just who you are, you just don't quit, then nothing you do, you'll you'll never quit and you will be successful. There's no way about it. It becomes ingrained in like your, sure your being. Mm -hmm. What about you? What's what's a time that like you've really had to persevere and push through uh, something? Two times really stand out. Once when I was 12 years old, I was um, going for my black belt in Taekwondo. And that was hard, man, because... Hey, what the fuck, man? I learned so much about you yeah. every time that we walked. <laughs> how, how did I not know you're a black belt in Taekwondo? Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, in order to get that, you need to run three miles in 24 minutes. I was 12 years old. I was fat. And like I, I hadn't run before. I remember I was I had asthma pretty bad, so I would go out after school and I'd run the length of my street up and down. It would be so winded. I'd run from one telephone pole to the next and be miserable. I was like, this really sucks. But I've been working really hard for this and I really want to get my black belt. So I persevered. I, I kept through it. I kept kept trying, kept practicing my forms and my technique and my kicking, my punching, everything. And eventually, it, what boiled down was I got my black belt just by not giving up. A, a lot of people that I was doing karate with ended up giving up. They didn't get their black belt. I don't know what they're doing now, but they didn't they didn't persevere, so they didn't... Probably they didn't. not persevering. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Um, the most recent was uh, college. So I went to UMass Dartmouth, and I did a program called Medical Laboratory Science, and they advertise it as a four-year degree. I did not do it in four years. Um, initially, the first year, I started having problems with chemistry. In chemistry, I failed a, I failed a class. Or I got a D, and that didn't let me go into the next class. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got to take this chemistry class again. I persevered. Others, others quit. I think the program started with 
uh, 300 people. So people dropped out in the second year. I failed the second chemistry class. So there's 151 and then 152. I passed 151. Now, I, again, I failed 152. So I'm like, oh, the same shit. It's getting me again. Uh, passed that the, thir- the second time I tried. And then the third year, organic chemistry started getting in the way. Failed that. Fail- I failed organic chemistry twice. And then uh, it's really getting to the point where you can try to take this one more time. I'm like, Jesus, I've got one more shot at this. Passed it. I was fine. And, I mean, eventually down the road, I ended up doing that for seven years. It, it took me seven years. And in my graduating class, I think there was 23. Ooh, so 20. Less than, less than 10% of the people graduated. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to bullshit. I graduated at the, uh, like the end, like near the bottom. But I stayed and that's what that taught me is like, I'm not giving up. Even if you're at the bottom of that, you're number 30 out of 1,000. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it, <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't even matter. I'm like, school isn't for me. It's not how my brain yeah. works. I had to force. And it wasn't even like I was being lazy. I would spend hours and hours and hours. The professors used to call me a fixture because I'd always be at this, this table studying, at this, the, like a desk kind of thing. I, I would always be there studying and studying and studying give up on partying and all these things just because I knew that this was my only option. I had to stay with it. And eventually I did. I graduated. I walked across the stage, got a V-shaped sunburn in my head. And here I am now like with, with the seeds and the constantly hitting obstacles and not folding. Never fold. That is the biggest. You can suck really hard at a lot of things yep. and it can take you 12 times. But at the 13th time, you'll, you're done. You did how, it. How many episodes are we on? I think with Rhiannon and this one, we're at like 36. We still haven't gotten it right fully. This might be the first time. This might be the first episode we get it right. Knock on wood. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like every single time, like Rhiannon and uh, Chris's podcast, we lost a little bit of video, I noticed, and just didn't tell anybody, just kept moving on. Persevere past it. And we just had something happen today. Ah, uh, man. I got, I got this new phone, so that way we could, you know, keep shooting in our good quality like we are. I, I gave back Casher his camera. He, I was fortunate enough to borrow it from October until this past week. Casher's the man. <laughs> it went, our sound, again, brought to you by Casher. So um, I went out and, and got a, a cell phone just for the camera purposes, kind of figured out the one with the best camera and, and got that. Little did I know that the 4K mode only has a 10-minute limit. So I ended up missing about 20 minutes of video on the yeah, podcast. And it was, the video was on our guests, yeah. so. You know how we can fix that next time, though? Make sure the main angle is always on the guest. We could do that. Yeah. Because we know, I mean, we know 10 minutes is, we know that now either way, so. Because even if people don't hear us speak, at least they can hear the guests. Yeah, they can see them. They are yeah. way more important. Yeah. Than, we're schmucks. Yeah, literally, so. You know, but we per- persevered through. I ended up uh, during one of the camera resets because every 20 minutes the, the DSLR we're using needs to be reset. Um, during one of the resets, I noticed my camera was off, my phone was off, and I was like, oh, shit. So I just kind of went up to it and was like, I saw the message pop up right when I turned my camera back on. It only has a 10-minute limit. I'm like, oh. So I look in the camera, and luckily you guys were talking, and I... I sneakily recorded something of you telling a story. And <laughs> so, like, you guys were all distracted, and I was just like, oh, how can I fix this? And I'm playing with the camera. I'm like, 1080. Okay, no, no time limit on 1080. I'm just going to plop it on that. And 
not say anything. Just sat back down. <laughs> finished like, the podcast. Now that you bring that up, now I remember being like, he's taking a long time for him to do this. <laughs> just <laughs> like, all right, go with the story. So keep talking. <laughs> I was just like, and I was so happy you were talking because I was like, there's no awkwardness and I don't have to explain this. Nobody asked any questions. I just got to keep pushing. Uh-huh. We got this. And it ended up, you know, we fixed it. Mitch, the video definitely works for the rest of the time. And that goes again, that not goes against, but it goes along with what we were talking about last episode, where you just, you get that, okay, here's the problem, let's fix it. It's, it is crazy, like, every time you say that, I just think about, like, how I was before, like, when you're stuck in a negative mindset, like, you literally, like, a negative-minded person would have just been like, fuck, man, we lost that whole video. This is all useless. What's the point of even doing this? I'm not gonna be able to fix that. There's no solution to this. We're just gonna, let's just stop right here. You, what you do with those people is you get as far away from them as possible. Yes, and if you are that person, hang around with positive-minded people and just shut your mouth. That's what I did. Learn, yep. learn. The biggest thing is with learning, there's a story that I know of. Uh, there was these not ministers, but the, these, a couple was going around trying to preach the word of God. And they went to this um, country, not the country, but like a tribe in South America. And they, no one understood their language. Like nobody could speak it. No one could understand it. They had no idea. So how, how do you spread the word of God when you can't even communicate? And this is what this couple wanted to do. So what the guy did uh, was he completely let go of his ego and pretty much was acted like a child. Mm -hmm. He said, I am fully dependent on you guys. And he kind of looked up to the leaders of the tribe. And the moment he let go of his ego is when he started picking up nuances of the language. And it was completely unlike anything other than uh, what linguists had been studying. It was so new and so raw. That's why people had been so stuck on it. They had this term... I don't remember what the word was, but it meant just now, as in the man had just now left. Mm. But it, it's, it's more, co- more complex than that, like just appeared or very, very confusing. But the whole point is he persevered and he got the ego out of the way. And in order to learn, sometimes you just need to understand that Every person that you meet, or this is, how I, this is how I view people, everybody that I meet knows way more than me about something. Mm, that's a great way to think. Great way to think. And you, you can learn from them. And you, that's, that's what I try to do. I'm not the best. Sometimes my ego gets in the way, mm. and I try to kind of quelch that as much as I can. Yeah, like, how can your ego allow you to think that that 16-year-old cashier knows more about something than you? They're only 16. They're only a cashier. But then when you put that aside, you're like, damn, for all I know, they could have been building cars with their dad for six years, and I don't know shit about cars, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yep. So important. And that's the thing about humankind is everybody's unique. Everybody has their own passions and their own story. I love the story. I love people's stories. Yeah, same. That's what our whole platform is about, is just people's story. Like, hey, you know, if you told your story a little more, somebody might find some value in it. Just tell it here. Our people might find some value, you know? Yeah. Actually, uh, one of our guests today, I'm not going to, I don't want to go into detail, but um, she told a story and the way that she told it just brought emotion where you hear a story, you know, like you get, you get chills. 
like you can you can relate and very i can't wait to release this this podcast yeah it's gonna be so good and i'm glad that we got a few weeks too to kind of get everything in order because we need some like outside video clips wink wink <laughs> so but man we're just pushing this podcast every single week that we're doing it but we're also extremely busy right now extremely extremely busy we can't cannot state that enough you know we've been working tirelessly on our business plan and every time we think our business plan is done one of us is like but what if we did this and then we end up figuring out a way to save thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars. You know, yeah. Perseverance through everything. Like every time that we're like, oh, we're gonna get a ten thousand dollar investor. Oh, now we're gonna look for a hundred and fifty thousand. Now we're gonna look for what we're looking for now. <laughs> it's a big number. Oh, it's a huge but number. What's, what's crazy is that everybody we talk to. Usually, when you have an idea, what's the first thing people say is they shoot you down. They they shoot holes in your... Yeah, what if this happens? What if this happens? Nothing, none of that. No, everyone we talk to, everyone that other people we know are talking to about this, they're like, oh, I want a piece of that. Yeah, I, want, like, I want it. No one's, no one's shooting holes in anything. Nope. They're just like, yeah, that's going to work. Mm-hmm. I've, never, I've never experienced anything like that. Never. never in my life. Like, it's crazy. Like, I keep telling you, it's like we have a 10,000-piece puzzle, and, like, when we, when we started writing the business plan, it's like we had 9,000 pieces in place, and then writing the business plan, we placed more. And then going to this meeting, we placed more. And then going to this meeting, we placed more. Until the point where it's like, okay, the, the puzzle's done. There's one piece left. There are 9,999 of them left. And that one piece left is just getting that investor. Yeah. And we're basically at that point now. Like, we, we have been nitpicking at our business plan. Like, every day I look at it, and I'm like, ah, it still looks good. Ah, I could change that a little. Ah, I could change that a little. It's in constant flux, just like every single person, right? You're constantly evolving, and that's yes. what the business plan is. Yes. I'd, I'm, I bet we're going to touch up the business plan after the fact. Like, like, you know? After it's done, we're going to yeah. be like, damn, we've how already we get got, funding with that in there? <laughs> yeah, we've already got investors, but you know what? We're added phase number two, so let's just fix it up. Yeah, let's just throw it in there, you know, like keep our business plan running, so that way, you know, in 10 years, when people are like, how did you do it? This is how. This is our business plan. You know, like, this is our original business plan. This was phase one. This was phase two. This is phase three. This is a new business. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna throw you on the spot right now. What's the What's one thing that you really learned about making a business plan? I learned that you can never be too prepared. Like uh, Chris Collins had told us that. You know, our number was low. We need to pad everything by 20% and then, then some. <laughs> you know, have a little reserve on top of that. So, you know, I had our cost, and then I added 20% to everything and taxes, which, you know, was something we were, I wasn't even thinking of. Like, when we were buying big things, like $50,000 in taxes, that's a huge chunk missing that I had to adjust for. And, you know, I really thought that planning for a business was, uh, I got this, this is easy, this is nothing I can't think of. And then every time I talk to somebody, again, who knows more than me, like Chris Collins or uh, your friend, I don't know if we could say his name, could we say his name? Sure. Uh, your friend Epo. Yep. Um, he has definitely taught us a lot, you know, helping running as many stores as he's doing. You know, it's a lot of learning and a lot of business. So, you know, I think it's just, 
you literally can never be prepared. Like, it's just, it's, everything's changing. Every day it changes. Like, tomorrow, somebody could open a, a large-scale processing facility in Massachusetts, and it changes everything. You know, it changes our whole spiel of it, you know? Right. It's, it's, expect the unexpected. I guess that's my biggest lesson. What do you think for you? Um, not, well, not, not so much the business plan, but one thing that I really took away recently is with the pitch. Now, we kind of structured the pitch. Originally, we had written like these long paragraphs. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about ourselves here and really s try to sell ourselves. Like business, the investors don't, well, I mean, they do want to, and they're investing in you, but they don't want to hear your story. Basically, when, what I've learned is that when you pitch, it's like having a conversation. So you want to really tell a story. You want to, you want to lay out problems and how you're going to solve them. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to paint a picture in a way that investors can understand. Because once you start throwing around terms that a person might not understand, that's how you fall asleep. Or if you put one freaking if. <laughs> yeah. And even if, even if the if was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not even... It like, wasn't an iffy if. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't an iffy if. It wasn't like, oh, if I can do this, it was more of like... If, if the worst thing happened, we would right. still get a shit ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that, it was like little things like that where yep. an investor can hear one word in a sentence and then they're thinking about how that one word... For, for like a minute, and then they lost all of the, yep. all, everything that you said. So it's really important to structure the pitch like a conversation. Like you're talking to somebody and, and paint it in words that they understand. I've been watching a shit ton of Shark Tank, man. And, and I was watching this episode the other day, and it was a family. It was a mom and dad, two boys. I think they were 11 and 8, and then a girl that was 6. This 11-year-old made me feel like a piece of shit because he was just so good at pitching. Like, so, so, so good. And, like, outdid his parents, I would even say. You know, like, yeah. I was like, I can't believe the Sharks didn't invest in them because if that was me, I would want to invest in them just for that freaking kid, dude. Like, he's 11? He's 11? I mean, I have seven years to mold him while he's in school and everything into this crazy entrepreneur that he's already is because he loves it so much. Yeah, he's, he is the next Gary Vee, it sounds like. Probably better. That no offense, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of like uh, when I tried snowboarding. I'd go onto the the slope and I'd fall down every once in a while. And eventually, you kind of get you're not good at it, but you don't fall as much. And then you're like, okay, I'm finally getting it. And you're you're really just carving, really snowboarding cautiously. And then all of a sudden, you see this three foot pink jumpsuit. <laughs> whiz by you like that was a three-year-old I'm, like, I'm like jesus way to strike my ego it, i bet it's funny with uh with snowboarding i bet as you snowboard more the when you fall it becomes more and more humorous and like ha, 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 i fell whatever and you just keep going as a like the first couple times maybe you were like oh man am i gonna suck at snowboarding all right i'm just gonna push through i'm gonna push through i'm gonna push through more persevere. <laughs> I actually, this is something that I didn't persevere, persevere in. I had decided to go against snowboarding and skiing because I figured that that was a sport that would get me killed. Yeah. I mean, because I would always try to go faster and faster and faster. And, it, and you can see, like, oh, okay, if I make one mistake here, 
It's just too much risk. Mm, yeah, I I, agree. I I ended up going with, for me, everybody's different. Yeah, I just ended up going with a sport that I feel like I have more control of. Mountaineering. Mountaineering. It's because I'm on my feet. On you know, ice. and I'm not. And I'm not <laughs> on ice, yeah. There there are definitely scenarios where it's super dangerous, and there's some you just need to know the risk, like. I try not to put myself in a situation where one mistake will lead to death. And yeah. sometimes that happens where you kind of like, okay, if I fall, I can catch myself. Or if I fall, if I lose my ax, I can't catch myself. I'm roped up to someone who can catch me. So there's like three layers of redundancy mm. there. Um, as far as snowboarding is concerned, if, you, if you're going fast and you make one mistake, all of a sudden you're going 50 miles an hour. Some people go even faster than that. You hit your head the wrong way. You hit a tree. That's it. Yeah, you Lights take a wrong out. turn. You end up off a cliff. Yeah, like, just like that. This is for me. I'm I'm a wimp. That was too much. That's not wimpy. That's just <laughs> it's too too frightening for me. So I quit. I mean, maybe every once in a while I'll bring the snowboard out again. And but I'd, I'd be very conservative, like the way that I drive. I drive very conservatively. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, you do. Yeah, <laughs> We're very, so opposite. Very. I'm like in somebody's back seat, and you're like, eh, I'll just chill. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love it, man. I'm two cars back. I'm in no rush. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in no rush, but just up somebody's ass. I don't know. Personalities. I love it. Yeah, it's different style. <laughs> it's different works. style. You know what I was thinking the other day? I've been thinking a lot about Tesla, mm. and I th what they're gonna do. I'm not. I'm just going to call it now. We'll, we'll date back to this. But I bet there'll be a way where you can kind of have styles of driving. Like level one is really conservative. Level 10 is like, yikes, man. That's, that's, like, that's like an intense style of driving. And I bet like it'll be like a sleep number. What's your number? <laughs> and then when you have, like a, when you have a, a guest in the car, you can be like, oh, what's... What's your number? And you can set the style of driving so that your passengers feel comfortable. Yeah, I bet you with, with automation, that's, that's pretty easy, you know? If you're, right, yeah. It's just, a, it's like a Do you want to drive setting. like Adam or Andy? On a scale of <laughs> one to ten. Yeah. Whatever, like whatever your passengers, and that's how, that's how to make your passenger feel good, right? And uh, I think that they're going to they're gonna do that. I mean, if they have an app in their car that makes people fart... <laughs> what? Oh yeah, you can program like whoopee cushion seats. Oh, uh, well, that's and fucking then, hilarious. I heard yeah. that you can make, uh, I don't know if, if uh, Elon was joking about this, but he mentioned on Joe Rogan's podcast that you can make the car dance. No, 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 he wasn't joking, you can do that. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's insane, man, and apparently We're with the software. as soon as we have the money. The second I can, yep. oh yeah, yep. Uh, Tesla warranty. <laughs> Dude, it's, a, it's, it's silly to Tesla, buy anything other than we're, Tesla. We're, we love you. Send us cars. <laughs> yeah, we'll rep you for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we actually have some more work to do on, on the business plan and catching up on, on podcast stuff. And, uh, you know, I think this is a good podcast. I agree. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsor, Kasher. Um, we love all of you guys. We love your ears. We love your eyes. Thank and our so sponsors, much. Flipboard and Anchor, too. Don't forget about them. Oh, yeah, you guys crushed, too. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Peace.